The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. We have just heard one of the most popular gospel texts in all of Scripture. John 3.16 is one of the most quoted by Christian churches, and often the text you see on billboards and in signs held up at sporting events. It is felt by many to be a one-line summary of the most important part of the Christian message. However, like many quotations that become popular, the original can be taken out of context and the true message become blurred. If we are not careful, this verse and its meaning can get hijacked by those who would bend this message to fit their preferred interpretation. You know, I grew up in South Florida in the 60s and 70s, and from 1968 to 1972, the hijacking of commercial airline planes to Cuba became so frequent it was commonplace. In most every case, the jet was flown to Havana, where it stayed for a few hours, while the hijacker left the plane, and then the plane, crew, and the passengers returned safely to Florida. It got so frequent that many passengers and crews began to take hijackings in stride, seeing them as little more than an unwanted delay, rather than as a life-threatening situation. I actually read about one such case, where Alan Funt, the creator of the TV show Candid Camera, for those of you who remember it, was on a hijacked flight, and no one believed it was real as they thought it was part of the show, in spite of his protests to the contrary. But of course, this laid-back attitude changed forever on September 11, 2001, when terrorists hijacked planes not with the intent of going anywhere, but with the plan to crash them into buildings and kill as many people as possible. It is known that those terrorists used the accepted belief that hijackers seldom harmed the passengers to keep the passengers calm and under control during these tragic flights. That was, of course, until United Flight 93 from Newark was taken. Since that flight was many minutes behind the others, word of the other crashes at the World Trade Center and Pentagon was communicated to the passengers on Flight 93 through phone calls to family and friends. The passengers knew 
that they were not going to simply land somewhere and be released. This news changed them from passive victims to active resistance fighters and ultimately led them to charge the cockpit intending to either gain control of the plane or force it down short of its goal in order to avoid additional loss of life. Of course, we all know that flight crashed in Pennsylvania and the heroic actions of the passengers and crew no doubt saved many lives at the Capitol building, which investigation later revealed was the intended target. The point of this story is that unlike the passengers on Flight 93, the passengers on the other planes, while they knew they were hijacked, were operating under the understandable but false assumption that they were not in life-threatening danger. In some cases, this scripture has been hijacked in a way, and is used to give an incorrect assurance of safety and security in the outcome of our earthly flight. Many people want to interpret this gospel passage as an assurance of salvation. They hear it as, For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son so that no one would be lost, and everyone would have eternal life. But that is not what it says. They leave out the part that requires belief in Jesus. To believe means to have a firm or wholehearted conviction or persuasion, to accept something is true, genuine, and real. For example, if I stood here calmly and in a normal voice, told you the building was about to collapse, it would not appear that I believed it. But if I shouted it frantically as I ran for the door, my belief in it would be more apparent and convincing. When we say we believe something and mean it, depending on what it is we believe, it influences our decisions, our next moves, our very life. Jesus came to give a message that contains the way to salvation, through belief in Him, and the life that belief in Him calls and empowers us to live. Jesus does not say, no one will be lost. In other places in the gospel, he clearly says the exact opposite, that the road is narrow and few will be saved. The good news is that God is loving and merciful. But knowing of God's love and mercy is not so much a message that we are saved or most certainly will be saved, but a message that says we can repent and be saved. Many of us are on a plane that has been hijacked by the world. We accept the misinformation that we can pick and choose what we will believe and how we will live, and we will all be okay in the end. The problem is, just like those on the hijacked planes, if we don't realize we and those we love are headed for destruction, what will prompt us to take action to stop it? Believing in Jesus is not some nominal, half-hearted belief or a pick-and-choose-what-I-believe because you can't really believe Jesus is God and then not believe what He taught because that would imply He is not God. If we believe God is the ultimate force in existence, the Creator, the All-Powerful, and He sent Jesus His Son to us, then we must also believe all that Jesus said and taught, and that as God and working with the Father and the Holy Spirit, 
he chose the right people to begin his church, and he made sure they got it right when they wrote the scriptures and practiced the faith. Does it make sense that Jesus is God, but that he somehow dropped the ball when he chose the apostles and disciples? Does it make sense that when the Holy Spirit guided the early church, the very power of God sent for that purpose, that they got the scriptures wrong? Jesus' instructions wrong? That the practice of the Eucharist was incorrect? Do we think that God sent his son to deliver this message, to show us the way to live, to die on the cross, to give us the sacramental life of the church, and then allow us to get it all wrong right from the beginning? If we believe that Jesus is God, then accepting the scriptures and the teachings and example of the early church, the tradition as handed down from the very beginning follows naturally from that belief. But the truth of the gospel and the teachings of the church are not always easy to accept. Sometimes they teach us things that are not popular, tell us that we must accept hardship and difficulty in this world, that we can't always do and say what feels good and makes other people happy. And this causes many people to want to change the message to suit what they desire and want instead of what God wants. But they don't want to come right out and say they don't believe. So they, to quote Monsignor Charles Pope, create errors that masquerade as wisdom and balance. One of these errors is universalism, which is the belief that most, if not all, people are going to be saved which is directly contrary, as I said, to the words of Jesus. One of the arguments used in this error is that how can a loving God send anyone to hell? But this scripture answers that question in making it clear that if we choose not to believe, we are condemning ourselves. You know, it is amazing to me how we continue to remove responsibility in this world from the individual and put it on the larger power. We have all heard of situations where people, adult, seemingly competent people, have disregarded warnings, signs, fences to do something dangerous that puts them in peril. And when that person suffers the consequences, they often try to sue the landowner or company or government that owns the property, claiming that the warnings were insufficient or the protections inadequate. Imagine, if you will, sitting on a jury and watching the hidden video surveillance showing the person reading the warning sign and then looking around to see if anyone is watching before crawling through a hole in the fence and then getting injured as a result of their trespass. Upon seeing this evidence, would we really blame anyone but them for what happened? Well, now let's see ourselves standing before the judgment seat of God and watching the video of our lives. If it shows us clearly hearing the truth, and then freely choosing to disregard it and act contrary to it, whose fault is it? Is it God who sends people to hell? Or our free choice to not believe in him that condemns us? I have a better idea. Let us hear this gospel message as Jesus intended. 
a message of life-changing love, truth, hope, and godly direction to each of us individually. I'm going to need you to work with me on this last part. When you hear me say my name, Joe, I want you to say your first name. Let's try it. When I say Joe, you say... Come on now, work with me on this. When I say Joe, you're going to say... Now, I'm going to read this passage again. But I'm going to ask you as I do to insert your name quietly in your heart as I say mine. And hear these words of Jesus spoken directly to you and for you. God so loved Joe that he gave his only son so that if Joe believes in him, Joe might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son to Joe to condemn Joe but that Joe might be saved through him. If Joe believes in him, Joe will not be condemned. But if Joe does not believe, Joe has already been condemned because Joe has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.